Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone. I'm here with uh, Murray McCormick. A bit of a departure necessitated by the world in which we live from our usual Rider Rumblings format. Um, we're not doing the video, we're just doing the audio. Uh, looking at myself, a reflection of myself right now is probably a good idea. Uh, we're reacting as quickly as possible to the uh, news that the CFL has postponed the start of its regular season. There won't be any games earlier than July. Uh, and we're going to hash that about for a while and uh, talk about the possibilities or perhaps lack thereof for the Canadian Football League. Uh, Murray, just off the top, what are your thoughts in general? I'm not the least bit surprised. I think it's been coming for days and weeks since the postponement of training camps. Uh, Calgary announced that it wasn't allowing the Stampeders and Flames to play any games until after June 30th. That immediately had an impact on the CFL and what's it's going to do with its schedule. So it's, it doesn't surprise me, but I am disappointed because it's just another shoe that drops in this horrible, horrible pandemic we're dealing with now and how it affects our lives and stuff that the CFL that you and I count on, we love covering so much, is once again going to be postponed. And and I don't, I don't know when it's going to be starting up again. I, I think, you know, things are getting better a little bit, but nothing to really get too excited about. So I'm disappointed, but not, not not surprised that this decision was made, Rob. I mean, you know, not to be discounted either. I mean, you need to get a training camp in before you can even think about starting the regular season. So who knows, you know, would July optimally be the start of training camp? And if so, how long would the camp be? Would there be preseason games? When would the season actually begin? The example you pointed out in Calgary is pretty much dictates the calendar for everybody else in the, in the Canadian football league, because if Calgary can't do anything to a certain, until a certain point or the Stampeders can't, well, how are, how can anybody else get a jump start on that uh, realistically? So and, well, I'm, I'm becoming very pessimistic very quickly. And I would love to be proven wrong again about a season being played at all, not only in the Canadian football league, but I think in, North American professional sports, period, at least the season being played in front of a crowd. Can you think that CFL can get away with not playing in front of crowds? Like they need gates. They can't have a football game without a crowd. I really think, I think they need the gate revenue. They need everything that brings in. So I don't know if even playing in front of empty stands is really a way to go, but that's something. I, I think Randy mentioned lots and lots. He's working on multiple scenarios, but his goal is to get a full 18-game season in which I don't see happening. I can't see it happening. Do you think things are going to be dramatically changed that people are going to want to gather in stadiums on July 1st, Rob? Do you think? No, I, I, I wonder, I mean, there's so many impediments to that where like, um, are people going to have the economic wherewithal yeah. once all this starts to lift to even be able to go to games and the numbers that the teams need in order to make the books balance? Yeah. Uh, what about sponsorship money? Uh, are, are advertisers and, and sponsors going to be able to to be as robustly supportive of teams in the league as they have been, considering the hits that, that they're all taking? I think there's a monetary disincentive for people to, to show up at games and to support the, the, the corporate side of the CFL in, in the numbers to which anyone is accustomed. Now you you look at the hesitation that, I think anyone would have in, in jumping into a pool of 30,000 people all of a sudden where there's no social distancing and you're sitting shoulder to shoulder with a complete stranger. 
Um, when does when do people's you know when does people when or if do do people return to a mindset where they don't even think twice about that? Uh, I and because the CFL is such a gate driven league, that's that makes me think that there's a it's really not that likely that there's going to be something. Maybe the NFL with all of its money and and its yeah. its resources and the 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 gargantuan size of the TV contracts can can do what the WWE did this past weekend and have what is essentially a studio pro, uh, product or one devoid of, of of crowds. But the CFL, if they tried that, I think it would cost them. It would just be too too costly. Um, they unless have to I'm have something obvious, and that wouldn't be the first time. And they still have to. They have to generate revenue to pay the players. Like playing in front of so does the TV contract generate how they pay the players? That's the the first thing you got to do is pay the players. So does the TV contract cover that? I doubt it's going to cover all their contracts. So I just think I and I kind of think I don't know if I'm kind of waffling on how Randy's handling this. I don't think he can say anything definitive because there's nothing definitive to be said. And I kind of like the way he's saying that. Okay, this is what we got to do. This is what's going to happen. We're working all these scenarios. Do you think he could be any more adamant in what he does? Do you think he should provide more certainty? Or do you think this is the way to just see what happened today and make our decision tomorrow and whatnot? A day-by-day approach is considering what we're seeing right now. Do you think that's kind of the way to go about it right now? Without What can you say with certainty when there's really no precedent for this in our lifetimes? Uh, and, and hopefully it never recurs. There's we pretty much lead our lives based upon what we hear out of the daily two thirty update and what uh, the prime minister has to say every morning. And in New York, it's, I think a lot of the tenor of the day is dictated by what Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York says every day, you can't all sorts of government officials. And there's one come, there's, there's a model coming out on Wednesday have sort of best case and worst case scenarios regarding the numbers and maybe the timetable, but, we don't know. The virus uh, has a the virus controls pretty much everything we can do, and right now it is not controlled to a sufficient degree, uh, or even close. When you look well, at the numbers, so how can you make any projections? How can you paint yourself into a corner? I I, I don't think Randy Ambrosi is in a different situation from any sports commissioner right now. You listen to Donald Trump, and he wants to start get sports rolling again, but. Then you listen to the, the the medical people, and it's pretty much the diametric opposite of what Donald Trump is saying as far as time projections or or optimism. So, what is Randy Ambrosi supposed to do except exactly what he is doing? Yeah, and he, I also point out in the media release, he says there's more important things on Canadian minds than football right now, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention we're very aware of people losing jobs and families being quarantined and kids not in school and all that stuff. Excuse me. <clears throat> so we're very aware that football in the big picture is a small part of it, but it's a big picture. It's a big part of our lives. Hey, eh, Rob, like this is what we do for a living. So we've kind of got to make it, these things go on. But I, I, as I said, I think Randy's doing as well as he can in this situation. So it's not going to start to July. In my mind, I say they start, they say September 1st and you say, we're not going to do anything till then. And then we just, if that's what happens, if things are better, then then we can proceed. It takes all this uncertainty, all this discussion out of it right now. There's no football in the summer because the pandemic is still going to be around, which having another impact is another because we keep wandering here. <coughs> Excuse me. How are the players going to get up here from the States? 
You know, is the border going to be open? Are they going to be, are they going to have to be quarantined if they come up here? There's all sorts of issues to do with players being in the CFL. And maybe if you wait till September, some of those things might be cleared up. I don't think things are going to be cleared up by June 30th or maybe June 15th if they have a training camp, whatever. So I just think maybe by setting a post, a, a far ahead date, maybe it gives them more of a chance to have a season, but. I don't know. You know I, I, we, <laughs> I think at this point you just move the goalposts incre- incrementally. Um, yeah. You know, perhaps, you know, there's, there's through some sort of miracle, I don't want to sound like Donald Trump again, using that word, but uh, maybe somehow life does re- resume a, a semblance of return to a semblance of normalcy sometime during the summer. Maybe there's a mid August possibility. I think you just have to, deal with this you know football people always take talk about or sports people always talk about one day at a time and and that is so applicable to our lives in general right now so i I don't know how you can set a hard and fast date when this is so fluid and and everything is changing so depressingly every day uh i think what the cfl is doing is it's pretty much all it can do i just but when you and Dave Naylor talked about this on the sports cage last Friday on CKRM, and it was, I just couldn't help but nod, albeit reluctantly, because it's sad news about what it would take for the Canadian Football League to even have a season. And uh, there's just so many hurdles to, to overcome to even play at all. And, and you know, you mentioned one of them, just the crossing of the border. If you look at the way things are being done, it, it does seem that, uh, you know, there's certain parts of the world or, that are at least where it's contained better than others, and that could change. But there's, it would be safer, for example, to bring a, you know, bring Craig Dickinson over the border from Montana than it would be to bring in a player from New York or California or Florida or or Illinois. So that becomes the problem. Um, you know how. How do you get people across the border? How wary do you have to be of the situation in the United States before you can even reopen the border? And there's, there's all sorts of different situations. If, if a player lives in New York, it's just there's such a population density. If a, if a, if a coach lives in Monta- Montana, there isn't the same population density or proximity to other people. So the, the border the border issue is going to dictate a lot of what happens with the Canadian football league. Do you think people care what kind of length of the season it is? Is there a certain, just to look at that, is there a certain nut game, number of games you have to play or just play enough games that you somehow get to a playoffs and then the whatever going on? Like, I, I don't think they need to play, you know, whatever makes a legitimate season. Cause as soon as you cut down from 18, it's not a legitimate season anymore. Is it? Well, um, I remember, in the 60s, uh, Eastern teams used to play 14 games until until 1986, Western teams played 16. So uh, the National Football League played 14 games through 1977. So a 14-game season has been demonstrated to be credible. If you look at the NFL uh, labor disruptions in 1982 and 1987, those were truncated seasons. I believe it was nine games in 1982, the Washington Redskins ultimately won the Super Bowl that year. Uh, 1987, there were replacement players, so it was a longer schedule. But uh, as far as the real players being there, and there were people who, players who jumped the picket line, 
there still wasn't a an elongated representation of a season with players in in place. But I I really don't hear a lot of people questioning the le- legitimacy of the 1988 Super Bowl. So you, you, I think you could get away with a half season if everybody played everybody once or say if you left everybody played everybody in their division twice then there's inequities because what do you do with the east if 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 you're the west you play everybody twice there's eight games but if you're the east you play everybody twice there's six so would you play somebody three times you go back to the pre-1981 format which had an imbalanced schedules based on divisions so i think if you were to get a half season in i think you could uh you could look at it as being a credible season that I think that'd be the absolute minimum number of games you could do. And that would dictate a start around late August for perhaps mm-hmm. Labor Day weekend. Uh, you're such a prisoner of the elements because of the, A, the climate in Canada and B, the fact that the Grey Cup's being held in Regina and, uh, and a week, you know, November 22nd, we remember, we remember what the weather was like most of uh, the, most of the week leading up to the 2013 Grey Cup. Fortuitously, mm-hmm. everything was beautiful on uh, on Grey Cup Day. But yeah. you're really dealing with a compact time period once you start talking late summer. And well, you, uh, I, I think that's the reason you can get away with it. It'd be nice to see anything. I'm just not sure that it's ever going to happen. So you and I even sort of talked about looking further down the road. How do you have a Grey Cup with social distancing in place? And not saying that it may not still be in place, but... It's still, I think social distancing is going to be part of our lives for a little while now. And how do you do that? Do you have little tapes taped and people roped off at certain parts of the festival where they're not allowed to be within six feet? So there's so many other issues with the Grey Cup that follow in this one too. That In what is going to be a different world, Rob, by then, I really think it's not going to be – we're not going back to where we were. Well, it, you know? the only answer is a vaccine. And yeah. the most, optim- most wildly optimistic projections are – a year from now, maybe 18 months from now. Yeah. There might be some way to control the symptoms before then. Uh, if we ever needed a Jonas Salk, it is right now. And uh, here's hoping that mm-hmm. somebody somebody in a laboratory uh, comes up with something unexpectedly and blessedly very soon. But in the absence of a vaccine, how does life return completely to normal the way it was just a month ago, month and a half ago? That's the that is going to be the key. It's it's the scientists that, that basically dictate what's going to happen with everybody's timetable and have such a have they have such an influence on the world economy right now. You're just you're hoping that somebody can come up with that magic potion that's going to take care of this. And if, even by then, you know, you do other logistic issues, even with the season, like flying. You know how they get a flight? Are flights going to be back to normal? I know the team's all chartered. But you throw fifty-three guys in one plane, and if one guy's symptomatic or doesn't know, you can have a whole team sick like this. I think it has to be almost like zero percentage of coronavirus for the season to succeed, don't you think? Like you can't have the threat of the disease being there around some of the virus being around if you're going to start a football season. I, I don't think well, you can. So you also have to guard against the threat of all this regenerating if you're yeah. if you open the gates too quickly and, and you know scott moe was talking on monday about you might lift the restrictions slowly one by one but if you just say okay all clear here you go if one person uh has it um that could become two that could become four and and how do you know that 
because everybody is being tested, even if there aren't any recorded cases, is is somebody carrying it but asymptomatic? And does, is that how it starts again? So you've got to be – maybe I could draw a bit of a football analogy here. You know when a player is injured and often you'll hear a coach say, okay, he could return this week, but we want to make sure, so we're going to we're gonna wait a week or two just to provide that extra layer of safety. And do you not have to apply this to not only the Canadian Football League, but sports in general as far as COVID-19 and the reaction to it? If, if everything seems well and good, do you then say, okay, that's nice, but let's wait another month? Mm-hmm. Could, could you imagine the consequences if you were to start and then stop again? If, if this were to, if the if the gathering of people by the tens of thousands would lead to a recurrence of what we've just experienced, and then what? How catastrophic would the effects be, not only on sports but upon our society, our economy, what have you? I, you have to stamp this out so emphatically and be so certain that it's dead, not only here, not only in Canada, United States, but globally to have, I think, proceed with any assurance. And that's the foundation of my pessimism here. And as, like I said earlier, I'd love to be wrong. I would love to be for you to be wrong too, but I think, I just don't think it's realistic. I think things are going to be, and I'm not basing it on anything other than like you, I watch TV all day and I get fed everything everybody else is getting fed too. But I see no reason for optimism this summer yet. And I still get kind of depressed when I think, you know, 12 to 18 months. I don't know about you, but I could really use a haircut, but I'm going to have to wait. You know, that's a long, long time away from something as, as mundane and as regular as that is happening. And I think until those things take place, football's in the back burner, I think. I need, I, I need a new pair of shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I was walking in the park the other day, and uh, which is, I guess, its own issue. And, uh, uh, it was there was snow on the ground and I felt some moisture seeping into my left shoe, and uh, so suddenly I've got shoes with a hole in them, and I'm trying to walk for an hour or two every day. And who knows when something as simple as buying a pair of shoes will be able to happen. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at the fundamentals of life and you're thinking how many places that we would ordinarily frequent are we able to go to right now? It's pretty much the pharmacy and the grocery grocery store, and if you want to get takeout from a restaurant, you can do that. But mm-hmm. so much of our, it, fe- it feels like, you know, on Christmas where there's only Christmas day, where there's only select businesses open it, it just feels like we're in that day by day after day after day after day. So just the absolute basics of what we do have been shut down in so many ways. How do you go from, from that where it would be a victory for a, for a shoe store to open where it would be a victory for a restaurant to be able to see customers again. How do you go from that to okay, let's put thirty three thousand people in the stadium for a football game? It just that seems like such a reach, and I keep trying to find a way to poke a hole in that theory and in that I guess pessimism. But it it really really is hard. And that's why I think I think that's Randy's dealing with all the governors and stuff. He's still trying to be a sense of have some optimism and hope that things are going to be better. But everyone knows reality is looking us right in the face and reality says this is this is not going to go end anytime soon and the CFL season is probably going to be postponed again. So I don't know about anything. I don't know more, more we can say other than it's just sad day, but it's probably going to be another Saturday that when another season gets postponed. As you and I both agree, this is not going to be the first postponement, I don't think. 
Let's look at the bright side, though, if we can, because there's been a lot of gloom and doom for these 20 minutes and 14 seconds, 15 seconds, 16 seconds that we've been doing this. Is there a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow here in a way in that ordinarily, I think I've written this every year, there's a preseason game when it's just like, oh, geez, a preseason game. They're so boring, blah, 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 blah. Will we ever be more appreciative of a preseason football game if they have one? than we would be this year. What a what a great feeling it would be to actually go to a sporting event. If, it, if it's a cricket match at Douglas Park, I'll go watch it right now. And uh, so the I think we've learned in so many ways, not just with sports, but with life, not to take anything for granted. So to be able to go to a football game, to be able to get our minds off of this, to be able to cheer that first sporting event where people can go, that people can go to en masse and feel like, okay, things are back. This is normal. I remember after 9-11, and that was all, sports was only on hiatus. 9-11 was on a Tuesday, and uh, there wasn't anything sporting-wise until the following Saturday when the University of Regina Rams played. And there was some debate over the whether the Rams should play, but they did. And going to that game, and that was only five days removed from September 11th, was just, it was just so nice to feel like life was somewhat normal. It was nice to get a three-hour break from the devastation and depression that was happening. Now, there's been a far more protracted delay and interruption of sports now than there was then, and who knows how long it will last. But that first game, whenever it may be, later this year, spring of next year, what have you, that first sporting event that we can attend, regardless of its magnitude or description, Will it not feel euphoric to go? Will it not be a joyous experience? Will it not be the antithesis of what we're experiencing and talking about today? I agree with you. That'd be wonderful. And I'm going to try to keep that positive vein and those positive thoughts because I'd like to do some normal things too, like, you know, maybe even golf this summer and those kind of fun things that we we all used to take for granted and just being a normal sort of uh, life. But yeah. That's a good thought, Rob, and it's not like you to be all that optimistic all the time, but nice change. Yeah, I mean, there, there will come that day, and we don't know when. We can't <laughs> pretend we don't to know when. And when. Randy doesn't know that day that either. We can't that. pretend to know when. But there will come that day, and it will feel so good. Even that first day that there's a, a an across-the-board all clear. Can you imagine what it would be like just to – burst out the front door knowing that you don't need a mask you don't need to be wary of everybody you with whom you cross paths there's no need for a six foot restriction if you want to hug somebody you haven't seen for a while you can hug them if you want to shake someone's hand you can shake their hand if if whatever would whatever we deemed as being a normal way of life in january or february or for parts of march can once again resume without any inhibitions or hesitation or concern. Won't that feel good? Just that first day when it just it's obvious that this has been been beaten. Will that not yeah. be one of the happiest days of our lives? And it will be. We have that to look forward to. We can't pretend to even know when it will be. I don't think we can even narrow it down to a month, a period of months, or even a year. But that day will come, and it will be one of the happiest days of our lives. And that's irrespective of sports. The ability to patronize and enjoy sporting events again will be a byproduct of that. It certainly won't be the catalyst, but it will be pretty early in the process once life returns to normal. And maybe we'll never look at an exhibition game between the Riders and BC Lions again. 
in, in the same manner again. The, the green and white scrimmage will feel better than ever. Uh, a normal football practice, things that maybe seem like part of the drudgery of a season when you're when you personally are covering your 120th rider practice of the year, maybe you remind yourselves that this was taken from us unavoidably and by necessity once upon a time, but now we're back to normal and let's revel in this, enjoy it and appreciate it because we know how fragile it can be. But unfortunately it's not going to happen by July 1st. Unfortunately. No. No. So it'll be another, I know I hate the more doom and gloom, but that's the reality of the situation. Like I would, as I said, I'd love to be wrong. It's like you. I'd love to be. Someone say you're such. You're so wrong on that. Well, unfortunately, everything I see doesn't indicate that it's going to happen any sooner than that. And yeah, I just uh, who who can say with any certainty? Um, you look back. We've been going on for 25 minutes, and I tried to provide some uplifting commentary a few minutes ago to perhaps prevent people from being totally devastated. But we try to be realists here, and I just yeah. don't see how how you can really sugarcoat any of the any of this news and, and present it with a lot of optimism regarding a start to the CFL season that will even approach its normal kickoff date. But is there anything you'd like you'd like to add before we uh sign well, off? I'm I'm optimistic but realistic, I guess is the way the whole thing about this again the CFL and about the whole coronavirus. I I look forward to you, Rob, to the day to getting back to normalcy, to doing something like just simply going to get a – sitting in a restaurant and having dinner and a normal thing like that. Just I look forward to getting a haircut and getting my teeth cleaned. And hopefully those – and I'm hoping those those days will be here. They will be here, and we will have CFL sooner or later, but I don't like the chances of the CFL being here sooner. Which reminds me, I have a toothache of all the, <laughs> of all the months for this to happen, so – you know, I'm looking at the exceptional circumstances now that would, would allow me to actually see a dentist. So, uh, and, and again, we have more reminders that things are, are different. And there's lots of people out there that work right now. And I, and even in my family, people have been affected. So football is football, but there's real life is really, it's really serious now. How's that for a pretty dumb statement? You well, know, here's hoping that it does return to normal. Like, here's hoping that in the interim, everyone is healthy and safe. And uh, and that we can get through this without it without too much depression and anxiety. I know there's a mental toll that is exacted. I'm experiencing it myself. I deal with anxiety issues all the time. This is not helping. But uh, again, there will come a day when we can really s- celebrate the fact that we overcame this, and uh, maybe this can be turned around positively in the long term. In the short term, we just have to get through it every day. So I think that's the only way to, to go about yeah. it. And that's the kind of approach that the Canadian Football League is taking, and I don't think they really have a choice. No, I think that's a good spot to end it, don't you, Rob? I agree. So yeah. thank you for yeah. what I'm telling you again. How real. Too, uh, I hope we weren't too uh, downcast regarding football, but I don't really see that there's anywhere, any other way that uh, we can paint it. So for Marie McCormick, who needs a haircut? Uh, yeah. I'm Rob Vanstone. I need a dentist and a shoe store. Uh, we'll uh, we hope to talk to you soon, and we hope the next discussion we have is uh, very upbeat and 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 filled with with promise and maybe some legitimate nuts and bolts. Who's gonna Who's gonna start at this position? Uh, football talk. Thanks, Burr. Thank you, yeah, to, uh, Mark Melnichuk, for producing this, and 
Especially thank you for listening, and we hope to talk to you again soon and that you're all well. Take care.